0: gundam style and welcome to wow cool robot um i'm julia i'll be your co-host for yet another episode and i use she and her pronouns
1: i'm jay or jared uh i'm your second co-host for the duration of gundam wing and i use he and them pronouns
2: and i'm max i am the uh what's the what would be the term i used ringleader last time i think you did I'm the, like, I'm the Pokemon trainer of this podcast, and I use he and him pronouns.
1: Sure, that works. <laughs> we, all that's, ha- we all have yeah. our individual specialties. <laughs> My number is nine, and I am going to become the Joker. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: So you're a Blastoise, then. <laughs> I see. Sure. Uh, we
2: watched Gundam Wing this week, folks.
0: Oh, shit, we're watching Gundam Wing? I should uh, go watch those <laughs>
2: Oh, but your notes are all wrong. Oh, oh no. No.
0: Fuck. I
2: watched still Gundam
1: Seed Destiny all the way through.
0: Ah. <laughs> you done fucked up.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm still, I'm still extremely in my bag. Uh, I'm, I'm the wing liker here, mm-hmm. and I'm a okay with that. I don't, I don't think I'm losing anything in this process. Uh, taking notes for this show can be. Uh, it puts me under duress uh-huh. to actually, like, critically analyze this show and actually have to take notes on it. But I'm still having a good time. It's it's not the kind I, of show that to... you want to stop and think at, huh?
0: No, like, that's why I tend to having I end up having to watch it a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. This time I didn't, mm. mostly because I forgot to watch until the day of. So I have, mm-hmm. like, the bare bones notes of things <laughs> that happened, but not what people said because I did not have time to pause and rewind. Right. That's
1: okay. It's I, I just stopped to take screenshots of the images that I see that I like sometimes. I did that a lot
0: today. <laughs> there were some good scenes. Good art. There were some good... Yeah, I,
2: mm. I I will say, I'm enjoying the show for the most part so far. With these episodes, I think I'm starting to realize why people don't like Gundam Wing.
0: There are and why is some that? things, but I would <laughs> like specifics.
2: Um, yeah, people... yeah
1: I'm, I'm genuinely
2: curious. There... There's just so much fucking talking, which, <laughs> which asterisk, that's fine. Some of the best Gundam, like the fucking scene at the end of Zeta with Haman and Paptimus and uh, Camille and Quatro in the fucking like abandoned theater in grips is like the best Gundam scene ever. Yeah. And that's just talking. But the thing is in wing, no one says new things it's like the fucking Taco Bell menu. Everyone is saying the exact same thing. They're just finding new creative ways to say it. You're not I wrong. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I, that, make, I, that makes that makes It's obviously sense. A, a large oversimplification, but I feel like, like with with all of what Hero said at the end of the third episode, and like all of Noin's oh, exposition, God, and yeah. like the repeated cutting to like the the colony heads deciding whether or not to trust Oz, and they're just saying the exact same thing. It's like every single time you cut back the character, it's like. Again, I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm starting to kind of see it, it. It feels like the show. And again, I you know I could just be ignorant and not reading it <clears throat> in a way that would make it more fun. But like, it kind of feels to me that the show is almost running out of new things to say about you know war
1: and conflict oh, and humanity's I, relation
2: to each I other. I think you
1: could be. I think you could be absolutely right. It is. It is a matter of. I think Wing was just kind of by the seat of its pants in terms of production mm-hmm. for most of it. Oh, so it's a Gundam um, show. They got, like... <laughs> Valid? Yeah, exactly. Uh, from what I understand, I think they got, like, a general skeleton greenlit, and they were basically, like, week-to-week, like, month-beforehand churning out episodes. So it it kind of does fall to the wayside. That's, like... um. With uh, the recent Netflix release of the show Midnight Mass, there was one thing I picked up on that started to degrade on me, and it just never went away. And so I never, like, it never stopped bothering me. And I think that's kind of the issue with Wing right now, is that, like you said, it just ke- kind of keeps having multiple different characters say the same thing. And the other problem with that is that it hasn't stopped introducing new characters, and we're almost 20 episodes in. yeah.
2: Admittedly, we the characters we get introduced friends. to
1: in Dispatch are like pretty important ones. True, it, it, it
2: feels like a lot of the, especially with like the Oz and Alliance characters, they're just throwing fucking names at the wall. That's true. The yeah. vast majority yeah, of people you
0: don't have to really internalize because they're not around or they're not important.
2: Yeah, keep um, keep, keep an eye on fucking Nichols, yeah. uh, Noin's like
1: little subordinate while she's in space.
0: As an aside, yeah. uh, as one person who <laughs> also just watched Midnight Mass, what was that one thing?
1: Oh it's uh the monologues which I know is like a thing that the creator uh has done a lot but he's also done stuff like Hush in which the book Midnight Mass is featured because that's what the main character is writing uh that movie is about a deaf woman who ostensibly doesn't talk throughout most of the movie uh and so like I was kind of Having seen like Haunting on Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor, I don't remember the monologues I don't being think, that bad. I think you're correct. I like- don't
0: think either of those had um, issues with those scenes running along. Um, there was a lot of just talking right. to talk. And then there was a lot of characters doing the thing I hate the most in like air quotes horror media where they kind of just like stand around and look at things. Um, yeah. With yeah. the vast majority of them also monologuing through it. And that's not great. For keeping a tense scene tense. Mm-hmm. To be yeah, fair, I also just I kind of stand along
2: and look at things.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, sometimes it's nice to observe your surroundings. I went on a nice walk last night and it was just a beautiful night. But but you um, also weren't being chased by yeah. an
0: ancient vampire while you did it, though. <laughs> so ups and downs.
1: Jonathan Uh, Joestar uh, be like I wasn't being chased by the spirit of Catholicism Mm, Uh, I will be after what I said last (laughs) episode you sure do huh (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: I like that Gundam Uh, it's a Catholic show anyways uh, Midnight Mass I think being entirely its own original story instead of based on other content kind of suffered from being up its own ass too much anyways let's talk about Gundam this is what the people came here to hear sorry (laughs) Ah, uh, tremendous. Um, uh, who has the first summary this week? I do, I believe. That's right. Uh, I can jump right in. That takes us to episode sixteen. The sorrowful battle. Hero and Troa make it to the Antarctic base safely, thanks to Noin. Zex and Hero actually meet face to face, and Zex reveals the fully rebuilt zero one wing Gundam. Hero chooses instead to use the heavy arms because he feels like the generosity has actually clouded Zex's judgment and doesn't want that to interfere with their battle. The two battle it out for over three hours. Meanwhile, Relina makes her way to the Antarctic base, while Troa and Noin defend the base from a search party from Oz. We get a genuinely fun fight to watch, but it all comes to a head when Relina flies into the heat of battle right before an Oz search party arrives, forcing the fight to a draw. Noyan reveals Zex's secret to Relina, and Zex chooses to fight in favor of the colonies, attacking the Oz search party to allow the Gundams and the girls to escape. It was good. I like it. It was really good. This was a very... A lot happened in that this is an episode that felt like an hour's worth of content in 20 minutes, in kind of a good way. Like, it was very action-packed. It was, for sure animation was like fucking crisp when they are actually fighting. Oh, it was so fucking good. <laughs> but I think I think the nice thing that I appreciated the most is that there's a lot that's said and some of it you can kind of gloss over. There's some conversations between Noin and Zex that get really like hoity toity, but the 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 key things that happen are very trackable. Yeah. Like you you understand why Hero chooses to fight in the heavy arms instead of the rebuild one one. Mm-hmm uh, there's some other shenanigans, like Zex chooses to not repair the arm that got damaged in Siberia, and Hero's like, why would you do that? You're giving me an advantage. Mm-hmm. This sucks. This is still not the kind of fight that I want to fight you in. So a lot of a lot of the key moments still track pretty well, yes. which is nice. And
0: like, continuing that, you, you understand why Zex did it because it was damaged in the first fight. It's a continuation of that that mm-hmm. was stopped early mm-hmm. by Hero, self-destructing. So it, it makes sense, even if Hero's kind of expecting kind of a fresh fight. Um, that's not exactly the thing Zex has in mind.
2: I feel like that's going to be right. a running fucking theme. Hero doesn't Maybe. ever know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, nor do I. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we arrive at Zex's base. Uh, Noin and, and everyone else kind of know that, like, yeah, Oct search group is going to be really close behind. So we got to do this quickly. Um, they, they, they get out of the plane. They finally meet Zex. Uh, face to face to face because Hero and Troa are both there. Troa kind of like refuses to shake hands, and Zex is like, eh, "Fuck, fair enough. I wouldn't either." Um, we get yeah, a really cute conversation. So, like,
1: yeah, uh, Troa Troa specifically says like after they introduce, he's like, "What are we supposed to shake hands now?" He's mm-hmm. so sarcastic and and rude. Yeah, like he's just kind of along for the ride.
2: He's not the main reason. He he's like Hero's yeah. plus one to this affair. Yeah. Um, we get a cute conversation as they're walking throughout the base. Um, Zex, like, asks, he's like, yeah, you're named after Hiroyui, like the, you know, the the hope of the colonies. Is that your real name? And Hira just kind of looks over him and is like, is Zex Marquise your real name? And Zex is like, hmm, noted.
0: I guess we just won't use names. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how, how about we not talk for a while?
0: Yeah, maybe for the rest.
1: Then <laughs> uh, we see Wing, it's back. It's back. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks good. I like to see it. I'm glad to see its stupid, like, abomination fins on the side of its head again. I love those it's fins. Weird elf ears. Um, Noin yeah, is a little shitty and, the...
0: like, asks if Hiro's gonna thank sex. Um,
2: it's so funny. Yeah. I, she she says it as if he's a... I mean, he's a child, but, well, like, but as if like he's a kindergartner. But
0: she's, like, a complete ch- like, talking down to a child, like, say thank you, and he's like, I'm gonna kill him as thanks, then, don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's she specifically so, says
1: I'll kill "Don't you. you have something to say to sex <laughs> miserable god yeah he introduces himself the same way he introduced himself to the other peacecraft in this show <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll kill you <laughs> yep yeah, yeah. so Zex,
1: uh thinks to himself like while hero is talking about this he's like i don't care if i die in this fight like that's how i want to go anyways and noin is like oh I've got a bad feeling. I don't think either of them should die in this conflict.
2: Yeah, she's like, I have to keep both of these bozos alive now. Great. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird recurring theme in this show of characters who are like, I'm okay dying as long as I accomplish my mission. Like, this is true for mm-hmm. basically every single main character of this show. It's weird.
1: Right. I, I think it's weird how it's approached sometimes, though, because it's so over the top. It's like risking your life to fight for the thing that you are trying to accomplish has weight and meaning to it and sometimes these characters are thinking of it in a sense like oh i'll just throw my life away like i don't care and it <laughs> kind of undercuts like the points they're trying to make yeah, yeah it does
0: it does weaken the uh i guess the drive and the importance of what they're trying to do and they're like eh whatever i right, It's fine. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. It definitely feels like they're trying to say something with it. And, like, I don't know if I've, like, I don't think i paid enough attention to it to kind of form, like, an actual take on why every single character wants to die to accomplish their goals. But, like, it's something that I'm certain that we'll see, you know, just more and more as the entire show goes on. So we'll
1: see how it goes. Right. And then we've got Um, uh, Relina. She's actually at the base where Zex blew up the, like, Talgy spare parts in front of Oct, mm -hmm. and uh, there's, like, a soldier who's like, there's nothing left. Like, I don't know why you're here. God knows how she got into this place in the first place. Like,
0: why are you in (laughs) Uh, the office? But we
1: also... (laughs) yeah and we also see that she's there with her butler who gets a call and literally the <laughs> the dub version he whispers he's just, he just goes <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just
1: it's just noises and uh relina's like very well and then they walk away and fly off and uh the soldier like calls into Noyn, and he's like yeah i don't know how but they're on their way to you <laughs>
0: that butler has some connections that he is not sharing with the class um
2: I still think he's just the only character who knows how to use Google. God.
0: <laughs> I think the other thing
1: that I need to point out is the butler's name is Pagan. His name is Pagan. <laughs> it's very important. His name is Pagan, and we do find that out later. But what what on earth? Of all the names to have, that is that is one of the more wild ones in this show. I mean, it's
2: relevant because this is a Catholic show, so they're making some sort of commentary <laughs> here. <laughs> <sighs> um. We get the first of our many, many, like, just completely inscrutable conversations in these batch episodes now. Because after Ridley and her butler take off for Antarctica, Noin's kind of, like, talking aloud to herself, thinking about how Romafeller's going to go after Zex now. And she, like, kind of wonders loud, like, if, if even Zex is doing what's right. And, of course, Zex is around the corner eavesdropping. And Although he... he
0: specifically says he's not trying to. He just happened to be eavesdropping.
2: Yeah. I, God casual zex very casual um and i really didn't write down a whole lot of what he said here because i was just kind of like glazed over but the main thing is is he sort of talks about how he's developed this aesthetic sense in war but the gundam boys are different like they'll they'll fight and they don't care if they die which is really fucking rich coming from zex
0: (laughs) yeah like i'm not sure i believe the things that you're saying zex considering your everything else we've seen in this show up to this point
1: So here is my analysis of this. I think Zex is trying to say he has a vision for how he wants to present himself in a battle. And that usually comes off as him being extremely quick, extremely efficient, getting to the point and just getting things over with so that he wins the fight. And that's like very much in line with the sense of him and Trey's kind of thinking of war as a game. Whereas these Gundam pilots are... Not literally, but they're fighting in more of an animalistic way where they are doing whatever Mm. it takes, even if it puts them in the midst of harm's ways. Like Zex would play it safe, but try to like get things over with quickly. And the Gundam pilots are trying to fight like a war of attrition. It doesn't matter what side they end up on. They're going to keep fighting to the bitter end. Uh, Hopefully, I, I guess that's the way that it came off to me, I guess. That's that makes a very sense. interesting read. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I I
2: like that a lot. And it's like, th- that's kind of true in, like, you know, Zex's combat style. Just, like, very gracefully flying the talkies around. He's, like, stunting on people, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we looked at how fucking Troa Tro- Tro- bay-bladed uh, God. that one guy last episode. Yeah. Like, the the Gundam <laughs> boys are just kind of r- rough and tumble
1: with it a little bit. Right. And it speaks to something Zex says later when he's fighting Hero. I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but... When he's fighting Hero, he says something about how he's trying to abandon his appearance in combat. He's trying to abandon that sense of, like, aesthetic and fighting to look good. And he's just trying to fight to fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And this train
2: is going by now. Um, But essentially the conversation sort of ends when uh, Noin tells him that, like, you know, they're fighting because they have people to protect. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she's trying to basically get it into his head. Like, you have things that you also need to protect. And I hope you realize that one day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Noin then promises to interfere with the search party from Romafeller and Oz so that they don't interrupt Zex's duel. We get to the hangar and Hero is inspecting the Zero-One. One of the mechanics who is working on it is, like, talking to Troy. He's like, what? Doesn't he trust me? And then Hero comes down. He's like... The fucking the self detonation device is turned off. Why would you do ah, it's that? It's so good. <laughs> he's so he's so angry about like, it. How he doesn't dare trust you? Me. And the guy <laughs> and here it comes in. You guys are gonna let me kill myself again? What's the deal? And like, and it then it I think Troa is the one who's like, yeah, he was upset about how he lost last time, and he doesn't want you to be able to have that out this time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Hero's like fuck that Troa, yours is still active, right? I'm taking the heavy arms. Yeah,
2: and and you mentioned it in the recap, but like he specifically says he, he wants to take it because um because Zex is gener- Well, first he's like his generosity is blurring the view of battle, and at first they think yeah. that they're talking about the wing, but or, or like you know I, I guess he's talking about himself. But then you know they realize oh Hero's so strong he's willing to use a different mobile suit in order to like handicap himself because he knows his opponent's handicapping himself, so he like wants to fight on even ground no matter the cost. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: when notified, um, because obviously since he's not using wing, there's the Toggies parts that were used to fix up the wing. You can throw those back into Toggies. Zex continues and says, Don't worry about it. We're keeping it as is. Um, since like uh Jay had mentioned, that arm was destroyed and wants to keep it um as is uh, making sure that the fight is the rematch and continuation that they previously had
1: yeah exactly and then hero stays up until 2 30 in the morning working on systems and repairs for the heavy arms and he calls down to troa and he's like what time is it troa's like it's 2 30 like you should get some rest and hero is like he actually agrees and lets troa take over And we get a brief moment of Troa kind of talking about how the weight of the arm would be a little too much. And before the shot ends, we see part of the heavy arm's forearm, its left forearm that would carry the Gatling gun, moving away as the shield comes to be placed in instead, which does actually come into play later. Um, Then
2: we immediately cut to fight
1: time. It's time
2: to duel.
1: It's. Really There's sick. a lot of really cool action that happens. It's the very, like hard the very to first describe
2: thing, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, the very first thing it does is, like, the fucking, like, back and forth eye cut-in thing. That, like, you know, the end of Final Fantasy VII. It's in, like, any type of media. Yeah. Uh, and
1: then the wings of Boy Killed I Left and start playing in, like these guys just completely go at it it's so sick to see yeah they both aim their guns at each other i think the tall geese fires first and then mm-hmm. heavy arms takes to the air which is a mistake because tall yeah. geese hops up into the air as well starts pursuing him down
0: i think hero is still definitely used to the wing in this situation yes. too like he's trying to fight as if he was still in the wing yeah um, and heavy arms is yeah super not built for that
1: Absolutely not. It crashes into the ground, and he has to get up and unleash, like, a volley of missiles instead of his, like, go-to tactic of the, uh, the buster rifle. It's, wh- what I really like about this fight is,
2: like, we see, you know, we've seen how Zex pilots the tall geese, but, like, seeing hero pilot heavy arms, like, as if it were wing, it's cool seeing it being piloted, like, a much more mobile, mobile suit, considering Troa's strategy just mm-hmm. stand there and shoot yeah uh, so it's cool his, seeing his it, you know, typical
1: strategy mm-hmm. is to just fucking unload <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and obviously it's not going to work here um and they're using some tactics against each other like they're shooting into mountainsides to like you know reduce visibility sneak around stuff like that and then we learned they've been
1: at it for three yeah. whole hours mm-hmm. and then one of the it's, things zex says is he declares that he won't die in a fight of this low caliber <laughs> it's yeah like, it's a very weird way been to going it. for so long how is it? How is this a low caliber fight?
2: I mean, I guess he knows that they're uh, both. Neither of their suits are at their full potential right now. So he's like, it's a fight, but it's not like exactly the fight he dreamed of having. I guess. Yeah,
1: and then we get commercial break. We come back, find out they've been going at it for three hours. Mm-hmm. Troa and Noin are kind of in the command center and, and talk to each other a little bit. Troa, he's like, this point is fucking fightless, or this no, that's fight right. is you got fucking it right. pointless.
0: <laughs> I liked it the first time, actually.
1: Uh and uh knowing knowing like actually agrees but she says uh or or one of the things Troa says is are people trying to stop time and find themselves enemies are necessary that's a soldier's fate knowing rebuts with a soldier will be rejuvenated when he finds someone to protect so like they they have completely different views on mm-hmm. this fight. Troa thinks it's entirely pointless, while Noin is like Zex has a reason for fighting. He's just trying to figure out where to go
2: right. after. This. Like the whole this
1: whole thing is definitely more for
2: Zex's benefit than for heroes.
0: Yep, absolutely. Oh, heroes, yeah. Although at the same time of, and then
2: here doesn't really have anything else to do now that he's like completed his his European apology tour.
0: Very true.
1: Yeah. And then Troa volunteers to step out to the front lines and and like fight back against the Oz search party and Noin's like with what mobile suit and he's like don't worry hero owes me one yeah. like he's going to take the wing it's nice um
2: it's hero so ends up running out of bullets as he's fighting Zex, and he just he remembers that Troa tells him, like, yeah, you, once you're out, you can just drop the Gatling gun. And, like, he does it. And he finds out that in the 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 frame of the arm is a beam saber sword for him. And he's like, oh, fuck, sick. He pulls it out and Zex just drops the dober gun and pulls out an, his own beam saber. And this is a sword fight now.
0: It rules. Yeah. Um, Zex is basically, mm-hmm. I think what he said was, this is more like it. Yes. He, this, is, this is exactly what he wanted. He wanted it to get to this point. This is where it stopped last time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, we see Rulina, who's on the way to Antarctica. Um, she's once again reading the letter from Nana Noventa for Hero. Uh, they get surrounded by Oz Ares, because this is like, you know, this is Oct's search party catching up with them. But Troa shows up in the wing, shoots the Ares down. Rulina's like, is that you, Hero? And Troa's like, he's up ahead. You probably want to stop him from fighting. Yeah.
1: So this is uh, two things. Cute. This is where we find out the butler's name is Pagan. <laughs> uh huh. But the other thing is... um. These Aries pull up on this transport ship that Relina's on and they're like, ah, like you need to, this is like occupied airspace. You need to land now. And the the thing about the search party that makes me laugh is there's apparently just a base in Antarctica that Oz and Romafeller didn't know about. Yeah.
0: I don't know how they like, missed they that don't up know. to this point. <laughs> they, they don't
1: know where it is. Uh- <laughs> Nuts uh and then yeah Tro blast blasts the-, the Ares out of the sky and then i think uh we cut back to the fight mm-hmm. right because this is when hero realizes the tall geese's left arm is damaged yes. and uh hero actually gets knocked down um and right before the tall geese is going to strike like the final blow with its beam saber the the shuttle carrying Relina flies in yes! between the Gundam and the tall geese and Relina starts screaming out for Hero. It's
2: really really good. Um <laughs> and it's it like Relina's yelling at Hero. She's like you need to read this letter. You need to understand like it again another just block of people saying shit here because this is like <laughs> That's yeah, kind R- of what Relina's, the show is. <laughs> Relina's essentially trying to give Hero like another sort of reason to live and like you know she wants him to be energized by the words of nanon is saying like you know you're still the future you fucked up but like it's fine if you continue to like live a good life and zex is seeing mm-hmm. all this and he's like zex doesn't give a shit about any of this because again he this is more a battle for him than it is for hero and he even thinks to himself like i'll show her how dirty war can be and just starts bashing Hero with his beam saber. He's like, I don't give a shit. Like, if, like, I, he doesn't, Zex doesn't care if Hero needs a reason to live because Zex is the one right now who's trying to find a reason to live. And, like, while he's a yeah, absolutely. a very honorable, like, duelist in this moment, he's not necessarily caring about the actual, like, human inside the cockpit
0: Absolutely right now. not. Um, and yeah. that comes up in the later two of these episodes, I forget which one, where he's not really doing any of this for Oz. This is all for himself. Mm-hmm. Um the rest of it doesn't really matter anymore. Like the reasons he was doing this initially, that's kind of all fallen by the wayside at this point.
1: Yeah. And while the tall geese is just bashing on the heavy arms, go ahead, Max. (laughs) Oh no, I I, I was just going to say,
2: what the fuck was I going to say? I don't remember. You keep (laughs) talking.
1: It left me. Um, as as the tall geese is just absolutely wailing on the heavy arms relina uh, or knowing uh like contacts relina and and starts talking to her and is like you need to get out of the way they need to see this fight through and then relina's like no this fight is stupid uh and (laughs) i can't remember what it is she she gets like really mad about zex fighting dirty and then just stands up and starts screaming she doesn't have her headset on anymore so she can't communicate with hero but she orders hero to kill Zex, yeah. and then Noin's like no 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 don't, don't do not, not do that do please that. not that, that is hey bud that's your fucking brother dude i didn't
2: realize <laughs> she didn't know zex was her brother until now
0: yeah so Noin had given Rabina i know. a lot of info obviously not everything however
1: yeah mm-hmm. i
0: mean we know that zex knows and, her sister yeah absolutely
1: yes I think Relina was so young when what happened to the Saint Kingdom happened mm-hmm. that when she was fostered by the Dorlin family, she just kind of has accepted that as her right. de facto family. I think
2: what it also was um, that,
1: like, made me confused is that she knows Zex is, like,
2: a peacecraft, like... Or, or at least fighting for the peacecraft Witchy. name. So I guess that she thought he was right. like maybe like a knight of the kingdom of Sank or something. But like I'd assumed, yes, oh, because they were of all wiped the
1: conversation out. with Pagan, yeah, yes. about the the fencing conversation where Pagan was like, "Oh, I did you know fence with him back in the day." And Rolina's like, "Wow, you knew him? He like knew the peacecraft family because mm-hmm. that's like Pagan was somehow also in the know because of course he yeah, was. Yeah, it's always the butler. Um, but this is." Relina just like, she's like, oh, my brother? And then just kind of takes it in stride immediately. Yeah. And then Noin is like, yeah, he's done some pretty crazy things, and I've always stood by his side. And, and Relina's like, you're very fond of him, huh? And Noin says yes! she loves yep. Zex. Really good. I'm writing that down.
2: It's probably <laughs> going to be important. That'll be important. Yeah. <laughs> good. Idea. Um, and she like, also tells Rolina that like, yeah, like th- his main enemy here is the Alliance. Like what he's doing seems mm-hmm. fucked up, but like this is going to help him in the long run. He can only find his inner soldier when he's fighting the Gundams. So maybe by fighting the Gundams, he'll learn how to revive the Saint kingdom. And Relina's like, through some good
1: shit.
2: enough. Yeah, Relina's like, weird hmm, <laughs> yeah. way to do therapy. But
1: all right, uh, take care. Goodbye. <laughs> and then there's a lot that happens pretty fast. The Oz mm-hmm. search party shows up on the radar, and they're immediately overhead of yeah, this like a duel bunch of shit that's going ships. on. Thirty Just, craft, mm-hmm. uh, like a hundred Aries It's nuts. Y- yeah, they say it's like 100 Ares. Troa pulls up in the wing and is like, listen, uh, we can each take 30. That'll be good, right? And Zex is like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to take them all myself. Yeah. And then screams glory to all the colonies as he flies towards all these Ares That units. fucks so much. It's it's so, I loved it's it. It's so good. Top 10 Gundam fucking moments. rules. It's so sick. Like, he's like 33-30.
2: Uh, uh-huh. How about 100 Goodbye. <laughs> and like he even like turns back to here and he's like all right we'll continue this later like i got some business to take care of and there's like this really triumphant music playing at the same time and we see Mm -hmm. um wing goes bird mode and like heavy arms jumps up and like grabs onto its talon as they fly off um and zack's annoying it's It's really silly that animation is
0: very strange
2: it's i mean like i guess he can't use it as like a a rider like like you know a die in Universal Century or something, but, like, there's still not a really right. good way to do it. Would not make it look like, you know, because you can't just have heavy arms just flying. It has to have some propulsion that isn't just, like, its backpack. But anyway, um, Zex yeah. tells Nguyen, uh, it's like, hey, let me know once Ruliana is safe so I can surrender. Because, like, at this point he realizes he needs to protect Rulina. He needs to ensure that she's the one to, like, revive San Kingdom and put her on the throne. So, like, noin is like, "Ah, oh, you, f- you figured it out, you, you dumb fuck. <laughs> you
1: did it. It's your <laughs> sister all
2: along. Take take care of her.
1: And then we get Relina looking out of the plane saying, I don't Mm -hmm. care how it happened. I'm just glad that battle is over. Yeah. I'm glad my brother has to fight a hundred noble suits by
2: himself now.
0: (laughs) She's just happy the hero's not going to get killed. She
1: really did roll with the punch of learning that she has a brother and just immediately moved on. Mm Mm-hmm. Girl boss. (laughs) Uh, And that takes us into
0: the second episode this week. Ooh, that's mine. That you. I know how podcasts work. (laughs) Um, Episode 17. (laughs) Betrayed by home far away. Lady Un has become a diplomat of Oz to the colonies and is working with them uh, to have the colonies debate and decide if they should accept Oz's, in this case, peace proposal. Oz is playing as a peace organization in this situation rather than the military that they actually are. Duo and Katra are attempting to catch the attention of the other three Gundam pilots by attacking a spaceport, trying to get them to understand that everyone needs to get the fuck up to space, while Un is in the process of capturing the five engineers of the Gundams themselves. The five pilots successfully make it to the spaceport and take off into space, however, Catra and Heavy Arms- or Katra and Sandrock, rather, uh, are self-detonated to kind of give them. Enough time to escape. Mm -hmm. Let's go to space. It's space now. Let's go the fuck to space.
2: I'm so excited. I wonder. I'm trying to think of all the Gundam series I've seen. I don't know if any of them have taken this long to go into space. The main characters, I mean. Like obviously, we see stuff happen in
1: space. I I think the biggest part of that is. Pretty much every series started out in space. That's that's the thing.
2: It's like you either start out in space or you get to space very quickly. Like the longest. Right. I I mean, you can be. Okay, so Gundam starts in space. Um, Zeta Mm -hmm. starts in a colony, but they go to space space, like within a couple episodes. Double Zeta takes a little while. I don't think they could actually leave the colony until like episode 10 or 12 or so. And this is episode 17. Okay um unicorn goes into space right away Ibia goes into space within a couple episodes yep. it, it's even, like even it's,
1: uh g gundam they they start out on earth but it's what episode three that he gets yeah don't gets taken into space very quickly yeah it, it's like yeah. interesting that it hasn't
2: happened till now but i honestly kind of like that because it honestly this moment at the end of this episode i was like genuinely like hooting and hollering because it's so good to see them all be like yeah, we may not know each other, but like we're still technically a team. Let's try and act like it. And like
0: yeah. it's
1: it's it was very, very good to me. There's some good moments in this episode. Including when we start out with just a shot of three space Leos. I love to see I them.
2: love these guys. I love the purple. I love their big old like sideways uh tube I I don't know if it's a propellant or yeah. if it's like a thrusting system, it but is. like it looks it's, cool.
1: It's it yeah, it's supposed to be like an aerosolized like propellant tank for mm. uh like omnidirectional movement. Seems like big a big fan. big point, but go off.
0: Well, we do um, yeah. start by seeing I mean, these Leos, um, as they are kind <laughs> of chased out of colony space by Taurus suits.
2: Yeah, hey, fuck those Leos. It's my birth month now. <laughs> it's Taurus. Get here. We, see,
1: we see the Tauruses transformed, too, in their, yeah. like, wave rider, like, transformation okay. mode. They're sleek as hell.
2: This is the thing. We haven't seen Tauruses do anything no, yet. No, all we know. Time. All we know Correct. is that they, they look like a Leo, but sharper, and they have some kind of cool computer inside them. Seeing them in action, mm-hmm. they might be my favorite mobile suit I've seen so far in this series. It's, like, they're
1: really good.
2: They, yeah. Tauruses fuck hard.
0: They I, do. I hate them, however, because um they're uh, an empty shell, and that's they're bad terrified. for my heart. Thank you. They're so fucking scary. Oh, they're
1: so fucking spooky. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I like, so it's, love these, It goes against uh,
0: everything. It it's so ah.
1: It's good. I,
2: Wings done something good. I am re, <laughs> regrettably saying.
0: No. <sighs>
1: <laughs> so we get like this almost inverse to the first episode of uh UC 0079 and Zeta where instead of the like people infiltrating a colony, it's these people getting chased out of a colony. Uh, we get a really cool shot of these Tauruses, like, transformed, like, zooming around at high speed, blasting these Leos, and one of them gets shot out of an airlock and is just set with the moon as its backdrop <laughs> so before it explodes. Cool. It's so good. And, I, uh, like, oh. we we get a conversation from Lady Un talking to uh, someone who is, like, in the cockpit of one of these Tauruses, uh, and we find out that he is operating with the Mobile Doll troops mobile uh, doll. being used in space. This takes and me so back. And so this is our introduction to uh Nicole. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah, that's N- how it's Nichols pronounced. Is. In that's his, why his? He's his Nichols. That's already a name.
1: Yeah, it's already a name. I would, I'm I'm gonna say Nickel, but yeah. oh my gosh, that's the just dub my five cents. Is very funny. Um, They're he's Russian. Russian. Thank you, Julia.
2: <laughs> um, we also like. It's weird that we don't get the reveal of her name until later on, but like, it's so obvious as Lady Un. There's no one else it would be. she just looks completely different because she's like? P- I, right. I guess she's rightfully thinks that she's too scary with like her glasses and like really tight military braids and like takes her hair down and puts on lipstick yeah sure sexes herself up to talk with the colonies i don't know what the deal is here but like whatever i like to see yeah so she's got her
1: hair down and she's not wearing her like red uniform Mm -hmm. she looks like an entirely different person i
2: i i think part of it is like a tactic to maybe look well this is the thing right the whole the whole reason oz is in space at the colonies now is to make them seem less militaristic so her showing up in just like business clothes instead of like full military dress and like not looking like yeah. a really uptight higher up in the military is like definitely a good tactic make people to think that like she's on their side so i can understand this and
0: and that's shown a little bit later during all of the conversations yes. uh, with the colony leadership where some of them are kind of being taken in by this and by what Oz mm, is oh, doing. Yeah. It works. Um, if she works Yeah, cuz
1: there's the dressed as normal presentation I don't think that would be happening. That she's giving right. There's like a, a pre-recorded message that's airing in like a lecture hall and uh Lady Eun is in the audience but she's also narrating this presentation and like some young um like political leader is talking at this uh what is it? it's colony section D yep. like conference. And it's, like, a presentation from... what is? What do they call themselves? It's the Oz Peace Support Organization. It's so <laughs> fucking
0: funny! hateful.
1: And the, the video says, like, a bunch of shit that's like, oh, yeah, the Alliance was oppressing you with military power. Oz is using military power to free you, and that's a good thing. We're also blowing up space mines, which... They, it's confusing for a moment on which kind of mine they mean because there have been like asteroid right. mines in previous Gundam series. No, these are literal like mines, like explosives that separate the colonies to prevent travel and communication between the colonies. Right. That apparently the alliance put up. I Very mean, up. seeing what these mines do would just be like target acquired and
2: fucking rocket towards you. Yeah, I can they understand why terrifying. the colonies would be terrified.
1: <laughs> a lot of like. I do just scary I, machinery. Is this episode, I do want to point out just one quick thing before we move mm. away from the conference uh, and Lady Un has her fun little interaction. There are members of this crowd that are just like spray paint blotches yep. in the background on the scene. Oh seats. god, it's fucking hilarious! kind of you know, I love that. So much. it's hard much. to draw people. People just look different in space. This is what doing do, to live in sensors, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah. <sighs> Uh, And then Lady Un leaves the conference and talks to the guy who is actually, like, giving this presentation for the Colony Section D conference. And he's like, I think it's really great what Oz is doing, trying to liberate us from the Alliance. And he's like, by the way, what's your name? And she takes off his glasses and puts them in front of her own face. And she's like... You can call me Lady yeah, And he, like,
2: blushes. <laughs> like, we, get a, yeah. we get a little bit here. Um, she's like, oh, you're so young to be leading this whole thing. And he sort of says, he's yeah. like, well, you know, in, in this case, you should just equate youth with potential. And he mentioned something about how, you know, us third-gen colonists, we can tell the difference between the Alliance and Oz now. Like, those old-timers will equate you, but, like, you know, we're young and hip, and, and, and we recognize the difference between you two. And obviously, that's
1: so very much stupid. working in Oz's favor here. Yep. Real Cameron Bloom guy vibes.
2: Yeah, I
1: don't give a shit off. about this
2: guy. Who who cares? Get this him out of sucks. here. I fucking hate this guy. Um, what's the next scene? The next scene is we. Oh yeah, that's right. We're back on Earth. Uh, Katra and Duo are chilling yeah. by the pool.
0: They're just yeah. Riding. They're just
1: at a nice little fucking resort. <laughs> I love this.
2: We don't know where they are. It doesn't matter where they are. They're chilling by a very bright, very white pool. Um, a lot yeah. of glare from the sun here, but. They're essentially, and I think
1: they're listening to the
2: news, right? Yeah, they're watching a transmission as Oz brings, quote-unquote, peace to the colonies. Uh, and Duo sort of remarks that everyone in the colonies is so easygoing that they're going to take all this lying down. They're going to accept this. Oz is passing himself off as the resistance against the Alliance. So, of course, they're going to, like, worm their way into everything in the colonies now. Which is, like, smart on their part, Yeah, sure
1: and uh they like it's very obvious to them that oz is just going to try to politic their way and win win over the colonies that way and katra is like you know what fuck them we should bring our gundams back to space specifically we should make a huge scene and force oz's hand and like try to get them to shro- show their true intentions mhm <laughs> it's like katra with the big brain moves
0: absolutely it's good
1: um and then we, we go back to the colony yes. for this like boardroom meeting where this old guy walks in as like the that same third generation guy who's giving the presentation earlier is meeting with other members of this group. This old man walks in and he basically sees through what Oz is saying uh and he gets dogpiled by these youngsters and they're like, nah, fuck you. Shut up, old man. Like Oz is good actually. It's it's and like he, the old
0: This old guy's just like the old so says, done. It's like this is, is so truly annoying. Most
1: annoying. Yeah, I <laughs> he's so fucking mad. I, I am too. Yeah, right. I get it.
2: <laughs> it. It's nice seeing the sort of like you know they're absolutely portraying the differences between the I guess I guess he'd be first generation probably between you know first gen and With third the gen age. I think here. so.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. He's definitely not like just one generation behind them. But um, you know, he just calls them all fools for believing Lady Un for falling for Oz's schemes. Uh, and then we cut over mm-hmm. to the Tauruses getting rid of the minefields like they promised. This reminds me a lot of that yeah. one scene in Galaxy Quest where they drive through the minefields that like magnetize and like follow the ship. But, God, that's a fucking good movie. Everyone should watch Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I've
0: it's never like, seen people think
2: space people think Spaceballs is a good parody of Star Wars. First of all, Spaceballs isn't even that good. And Galaxy Quest is like a parody of Star Trek, but like is also just like a fantastic movie. I
0: think I've Interesting. seen this. Give me a second here.
2: Fucking Alan Rickman's in it.
1: Sigourney Weaver's yeah. in it. Tony Shalhoub Quest is, is there. It, isn't the premise that like they're actors oh, on a show so and good. then it becomes real? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's they so get, good, like,
0: taken okay. from the, like, convention or some shit, right? Yeah,
2: they're, they're doing, like, the Star Trek convention circuit, basically. It's really, really funny. God, there's also, uh, I
1: don't ask me how I know this, but there's a deleted scene in that movie where one of the characters gets really high in a bathroom, and they cut it from the release because they wanted to maintain, like, a PG-13 rating. And so the character's just acting high the entire movie. But with yeah, no context. For no apparent no. reason. Outstanding.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Excellent stuff. So they're getting rid of them, and you know the 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 mines all rocket towards the Tauruses, and like they you know they bleep bloop computer. We see the empty cockpit, and they just like snipe all these mines perfectly. Yay, we did it! Um, and after yeah. that, we cut to Lady, on oh, the- she's getting her braids put back in.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the things Nicole says is like, he's like, cleaning up space has gotten so much easier. And it's like, fuck you. Like, yeah, it's, I, it's a good thing that this is happening, but also, like, fuck off. Don't be a dick about yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I really <laughs> don't like that these things, things exist. Mm
2: hmm. They're, they're genuinely unsettling. I yeah, like that they absolutely. exist, but like, they're
0: uh, 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 creepy. Um, like Max was saying, we cut to Lady Un. Um, she's getting back into her, her military gear. Um, she's informed that. Oz has found a Gundam manufacturing plant and an engineer. Um, who she goes and meets.
1: Yeah. The first of. And we thought Doctor J five. looks fucking weird.
0: <laughs> this yeah, guy. It keeps going, funny. huh?
2: We see all five of them, and like it's only these
1: two who look weird.
0: Yeah. Th- well, the other guy has yeah. no nose,
2: so well, okay. That's the
1: only other thing.
2: Um, two and a half of the guys look
1: weird. I, I would argue that having like a prosthetic nose isn't as bad as having like. A pencil thin, long nose, and hair that sticks out and away from you like an umbrella. He
2: looks like a Tengu. He, <laughs> he has does. like his hair and, is like styled then, in such a way. It looks like he's like, wearing like a big hat. I don't know. He's weird.
1: Yeah, and and Doctor J's got his like funny clampy clamp arm, but he also has like bionically grafted on like goggles. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, yeah, I mean he he's like a Bato from Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, but we don't.
2: Even we don't learn any of the other doctors' names. We know that they letters. We know that we are. learn yeah. their letter
0: names when they talk about them later, like when they're on yeah. screen. Um, but at this point, we don't. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, Un-, Un walks in. She like but, points a gun to his head and interrogates him about the Gundams. And you know, yeah. she's like, "Yeah, you must have had a hand them." And he's like, "What are you talking about? I only did. I only made one Gundam Deathscythe. The best. Was a mere Gundam. coincidence. The that all five were made.
1: <laughs> yeah." <laughs>
0: I made Um, one perfect Gundam. Why would I make four shitty copies? Yeah. And while while Una is threatening
1: him, um, she actually gets interrupted by uh, someone coming in and letting letting her know that Zero Two and Zero Four, Death Scythe and Sandrock respectively, are attacking a spaceport for like, it seems like they're probably there to get transports. And uh, we cut down back to Earth, and Katra says they need to fight so that the other Gundams will see what they're doing and realize they all need to go back to outer space.
0: What if they fucking communicated for once in their goddamn lives? What a concept.
1: I wonder if they have, like, the capability for long-range transmissions, though. I think they have receivers, because that's how they've been getting their orders. I just don't know that they can transmit. I just feel
0: like they've been together enough times at this point that somebody should have thought to, like, set up communication between the five of them. In some it's sort of after way, after Colony
1: One Ninety Five, they don't have cell phones yet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're right. Sorry, it
0: was like, it was like the real bad. year One
1: Ninety Five. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they start causing a, a ruckus. They get a, a real scene going on, and um, as they as they fight, Katra has some really beautiful moments of animation. I think my favorite one is like Gundam Sandrock like grips its arm really tight, and then the Showdels on its back heat up, and he like. Flings them and they just slice right through a Leo. It like melts in half. It's, it's so cool. It to like see. sticks
2: into it. Like, yeah, Katra kinda goes sticker mode a little bit here. Um we cut to back and in space. Duo
1: Duo cuts down a transmitter tower too. Before before we go back to space, he cuts down a transmitter tower and it falls on two Leos that just stand there and take it. Yeah.
2: It's like, oh I guess I'll die. So you back in space, we see like the colony reps again. And they're thinking, they're like, we, we should even disarm for Oz. Like, you know, they're helping us out. Like, you know, they're, they're doing such good things for us. Uh, the old man who's there is, like, saying, we got to support the Gundam. Like, they're fighting against the odds. They're fighting with all their might against, like, this oppressive organization. Like, don't you see what's happening right now? They're on, like, worldwide mm-hmm. news. Um, And th- this is really funny because <laughs> as Duo and Katra are, like, getting the shit completely kicked out of them... Um, Th- they're watching an announcement that says Colony D is like, Hey, the Gundams are Oz's enemy, so they're our enemy now, and they're like, Oh
1: fuck. <laughs> oh this no. Is just yeah, shit. and they they basically start losing their will to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh they start getting like actually overwhelmed. Like I think it's uh duo's like on the ground in Death Scythe, just getting pelted. Yeah, they both with get bullets.
0: knocked over at one point there. Mm-hmm. Um it's not going great. Mm-hmm it's not and good then uh, but from then- the
1: distance a familiar voice <laughs> chang wufei is here baby and he calls One them comrades <laughs> mm.
0: he just shows up when Pretty he's needed. good he
1: honestly yeah. he, he's like there the whole time the but he doesn't want to mask be involved. of gundam fucking honestly
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh but he actually does work this time uh, oh, like he, does. he we see his fucking dragon arm like grabs a leo by the head and he just like vulcans it and it just like rattles yeah. lifelessly and he like he throws his shield like captain america and it like bay into another mm-hmm. Leo.
0: yeah that's that's the he, first time we've seen it do that this time i think the show i think right I, I it think was so. a cool yeah, I animation so. i just hadn't seen it before it was really
2: sweet yeah no this, this is new to me um and move is like we got to be strong like you know who else is gonna be strong but us and we see that uh wing and De- uh heavy arms as well are fighting oz and like they've all picked up on the same yeah. message so, like, they're together, even if they're mm-hmm. separated right now. They're all fighting the exact same goal. And it's like, you know, if they head into outer space, like, they're all going to
0: follow. Good job, James. Yeah, nice.
1: absolutely. Hiro and uh, Troa get their own little moments where they're like, yes, we need to fight. We need to keep fighting. We need to get to space and kind of stick to our goals and ideals. Uh, and, then, and then we get a shot of, uh, like, it's a side profile shot of Lady Un, which you can recognize by the voice more than anything. But she's in, like the same kind of normal suit as uh nickel from earlier but hers is purple with a green visor and it's given me really strong gravity suit like
0: oh
2: Metroid i vibes. love the color so yeah, much it, was really it cool. is gorgeous it's sick. yeah play and this Shred. is
1: where lady un reveals that apparently she has gathered four other and en- like four engineers who have worked on gundams uh-huh. and is seeking a fifth like that—that that just happened off screen. Yeah, it's
2: fine. We had to find a way to get all these freaks together. Might as well just make it happen off screen. Um, they're at the the warehouse of the fifth one, uh, and like mm-hmm. you know, they're bench- they're trying to break in, and Noina's like, "All right, uh, just have the uh, dolls use their beam cannons, their special beam cannons, Piccolo style." Uh, Nichols says, <laughs> yeah, uh, hang, on, did, "Hang on, hang I on, hang on. Maybe it's that. not a good idea." <laughs> I like it a lot. I love huh? that you they're
1: f- called the special beam cannons. Yeah,
2: use your Mankanko Sapo. Um, but Noin says, whatever, like, if the colony takes damage, we'll just say it was incited by a rebel attack. Like, so Noin is, like, once again yeah, back really on the bullshit that Trey's told her to cut out. But she doesn't care because, mm-hmm. you know, she's in space doing her thing right now. Um, before they can do it, though, And it turns
1: out the entire time, Dr. J was on the comms listening to them. And he laughs. Um He he blasts all of the Leos that are on like the exterior surface of the colony away uh, and chimes in on the comms. And he's like, "I, I see that Oz hasn't actually abandoned. It's like warmongering, like terrorism ways. I will surrender to spare the colony. But you, you see that, like, he's standing in a spacesuit. Uh, the hole he just blasted in the wall is from a buster rifle he fired it's manually. It's so good. Which is, is... so choice. It's so fucking sick. It's so good. He rolls, uh, And then I think we go back to the Gundams on the ground. Uh, we see Death Scythe getting loaded up and duo is like shouting to katra he's like you need to get on board we're running out of time wufei is basically like ah you're defending us right now i'm gonna thank you by leaving earth mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone thanks each other and- in weird ways in this series yeah and and katra is truly like i need to stay behind and protect you guys so you can make it out of here safely and duo hates it he hates to mm-hmm. hear it uh, but he does end up on his own HLV aircraft carrier thing. And um, Katra, Katra does something that makes me real sad. <laughs> Katra
2: does a funny little face.
0: The back of this episode, like, def- I had to stop before starting the next one. I was a little emotional about it.
1: Yeah, it's- we, we do get the uh, the meme face of Katra, like uh, Max mentioned, which is, I th- I think it's still my Twitter header where it's, <laughs> I have it fake subtitled to say I'm going to become the Joker. um But he, Katra chooses to self-destruct. He activates the self-destruct sequence on the Sandrock, and the Sandrock pulls its shield up in front of the cockpit and opens it without Katra doing that, and he's like, oh, Sandrock, you want me to get off? Sandrock starts walking forward, finds a spot to, like, drop Katra off, and then autonomously so continues walking rad. forward. It's fucking rad. It's weird. It's so good. fucking good. good. And And Katra does make it onto a shuttle that I think takes off from, like, one of those uh, ramps mm-hmm. um, to, to get into orbit. And Sandrock walks forward and self-destructs, wiping out Literally everything on the back. This is a much more impressive explosion than when Wing did it.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking about that too. Like, um, when Wing exploded, it was very disappointing. But when um, Sandrock does, like, you watch the explosion go out from it, like, and envelop the uh, other suits that were there with it. It, it,
1: Mm -hmm. like, evaporates them.
0: Mm -hmm. It's nuts. It's super cool. Um, One thing that is still so weird to me.
1: Hmm. Go ahead,
2: Max. I was good. What's weird to me about the explosion? We see this with Wing as well. It does the red outline, but the only parts that glow I've noticed—it's only cockpit
0: in the center stuff. It,
2: it is. It is the cockpit. It's like I don't even think it's the cockpit. It's like the cockpit, the the face, not the whole head, just the face, the crotch, and the front skirts. It's weird that it's only those parts, especially the front skirts, because that is just, like, an outer piece of armor. That's not, like, part of the frame necessarily. It's weird that that would glow. Mm-hmm. I would expect it to be only the cockpit and the head and the crotch maybe, but, like, it is, it's an interesting choice to make the skirts glow. But regardless, yeah, uh, big fucking boom. Goodbye every mobile suit nearby. Like, I with so Wing, the, sure, w- I believe it is standing. I think Heavy Arms, or, uh I think Sandrock's gone.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the only reason I can think of for Wing in particular to not be as destroyed as it should have been is because when duo found it in the bottom of the ocean he stabbed near its self-destruct area and deactivated the alarm on it that is the only thing that i can think of is that maybe something got slightly mangled or malfunctioned obviously hero had like months to fix and repair that before blowing it up but that's like the the only reason I could possibly think of to argue is why the Sandrock blew up so much sure, bigger. I believe it. Um, we cut back
2: to space. Uh, Dr. Yeah. J is with all the other doctors. They're finally meeting again after
1: 15 whole years. They're like, hey, we all did our plans. Congratulations, everyone. Pats on the back it. all around. Yeah. Yay. And Lady Eun is, uh she gets alerted that um, the Gundam pilots are leaving Earth and heading into space. And she's like, fire our like missiles like shoot them down obviously and immediately after leaving all these five like technological geniuses alone in a room electrical systems start failing on the, the like craft they're on and lady un's like what's happening be anything and we cut to the entire gang in their cell with the like rap album cover yeah. they're about to drop and Dr. J says, hey, Oz, you're going to regret keeping us alive. It's really good.
2: <laughs> it's really, really good. I like Hey, it I like it. them. The thing
0: of it is that I like yeah. them. I like these
1: freaks. I like them. I fe- they're, they're fun. They're
0: fun. What, uh, did, what, did,
1: what were the names that I gave them? Hang on. What did I call them oh, all? God. I said, well, there was you Wario. got No Nose, Dr. J, Umbrella Head, Baldi, and Wario. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Checks
2: out. That's exactly what I call them. <sighs> Check out the mixtape dropping soon. Um, yeah, for real. That'll take us into episode 18, however. (coughs) Tall Geese Destroyed. Zex has received a court-martial for his unruly actions from Trey's, who decides to send an overwhelming force to kill him in battle in order for him to die a warrior's death and inspire Oz, but he secretly wants Zex to survive and return to him to help him keep Oz in line. Before this is carried out, he gets in a Leo and fights some mobile dolls to demonstrate to his engineer that human tactics not to be ignored when faced with the mobile doll AI system. Meanwhile, in space, Alliance Remnants find Catra's escape shuttle and try to protect it from Oz to no avail, which leads to Lady Un strong-arming the Gundam engineers into designing a suit for Oz. Catra ends up escaping safely, stashed in the cockpit of a damaged space Leo. Back on Earth, Zex fights off as many suits as he possibly can and escapes safely, but not before deciding he can no longer return to Trays as his helmet symbolically breaks apart. Lastly, Hero is attending a new school in the colony under Duo Maxwell's name and gives a quite frankly concerning introductory address to the class where he essentially says, War is bad. Yeah... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, this, this hey, oh I god this is, is a lot. good episode <laughs> everything happens so much
1: this one is a lot
2: just yeah, it was, it's a lot it a lot my first we get a is bunch of really good shots the title. of uh
1: yeah, yeah we get a bunch of really good shots of like the colonies and stuff though in outer space which yeah. is really nice it's just like really solid like sci-fi art i like to see it
2: it's it's quite nice
1: um so un is like
2: being attended to once again she's kind of suiting up. Um, she's being briefed on the doctors and she like essentially decides Look, we're going to use them to make the most powerful mobile suit yet. More powerful than the tall geese, more powerful even than the Gundams. Like we got geniuses on our yeah. side now. Let's do this.
1: If I may, um I it does give us a little scroll with a single letter for each of uh, each of the okay. members right. of these like engineering teams. There is Dr. J, Professor G, who worked on Death Scythe. He's the umbrella guy. Dr. S, who worked on Heavy Arms, uh, who I think is the one with the messed up nose. Mm -hmm. Professor H, who worked on Sandrock, who's the guy with the, like, pencil mustache. And Master O, the bald guy, who worked on Shenlong. Tremendous. These guys are just, they're a a lot. (laughs) (laughs) They're a lot. I I really like that that Lady Un's first thought is like, oh these guys built the gundams let's make something that's better than those i'm gonna like f- basically hold them hostage until they do yeah lady looks at them and says walk well, cool robot <laughs> right <laughs> uh trey's is back on earth he's kind of thinking about zex and he he i or is he talking to zex i think he's um, talking about zex okay uh, he he wants Zex to defeat the Gundams and continue to serve the Romafeller Foundation. He's talking to him. Zex actually uh, okay. did the intercom uh, on the yeah, carrier. You're out. right, yeah, because Zex says he he won't do it. He he doesn't want to keep serving the Romafeller Foundation. Um, and then Zex is basically like, "Okay, uh, die for Oz instead of getting court-martialed, bitch."
0: <laughs> so it's interesting. Um, he actually like explains himself pretty well here too. He's like, "I can't do this anymore. Like, this has become like a personal drive for me. It's not." It's not the same. This doesn't feel right. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't be like and a pawn Tres for this, this anymore. Specifically,
1: yeah. Trey' says, if you died, you'd be free. Farewell, Zex Marquis. I uh, wonder if it means anything. <laughs> it's probably nothing. It's probably
0: nothing. It's probably nothing. It's
1: yeah, definitely yeah, not it's something fine. that's going
0: to be relevant in 23 minutes. Yeah. right. And, and, he basically and this is he's... when we
1: find out that... The, the ship that Zex is on is going to be basically attacked by a bunch of Oz troops. By 50 and, Ares uh, and 20 Cancers. To, yeah. Like, uh, genuinely more troops than he probably actually fought in Antarctica. <laughs> um, and Zex thinks to himself like, okay, I need to use this as my chance to escape. Uh, escape from being Zex Marquis. But I also want to like remain Trace's friend. Which is like, Kind of a weird thought to you have can't do both, after buddy. all of that. Yeah. No,
0: like there's, there's no way out of this that you get to keep that relationship standing um, and no longer mm-hmm. be like a part of this organization. Like it just doesn't, you don't get both.
2: Right. Right. Um, but essentially like, and then Trey's, Trey wants to kill him The mobile and... dolls. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So,
2: so they're back at the castle. Um, the mobile dolls are really scary. And like his engineer here, uh, Tubarov is his name. He's talking about how these are going to replace soldiers, essentially. It's the future of battle. Um, and then an enemy Leo mm-hmm. starts charging, like, the little room they're in and, like, firing on it. and They're like, what the fuck? And they realize it's Trace in the cockpit. And he's like, hey, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> fight me, coward. <laughs> it's really good. It's like, I was, uh, I forgot that that was Trace, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. It's him!
1: Is this well, the I first wonder. time we've seen Trace in an actual mobile suit? I think so. Yes uh very good i like to see it because what trey's is doing is he he challenges the mobile dolls which also the leos are like wired up to run the mobile doll system which mm-hmm. is a really cool touch because the tauruses were like designed around it and they're basically like
0: they're trying, trying to, retrofit to make it. the
1: leos backward compatible
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah uh but trey's is basically like you're taking the human element out of warfare and that's like a critical and crucial piece of warfare because if we just throw these mechanical things out there with no one to make judgment calls it could be potentially devastating and he's like sure i'll like let me fight the mobile dolls uh, as a demonstration of the human ability in warfare and the guy's like, "Sure, fuck you, uh, mobile dolls, kill him." And then Trey's orders the soldiers in the command room to it's assassinate so Tuberov. It's so
2: good. And he's like, "Wait, hold, hold on, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this." Um, and Trey like, you know, basically
1: says, "Just because you might have the firepower on the field doesn't mean you will have the firepower where it counts, which is over other, like the the control and the power uh-huh. over
2: other people." Uh, and he, like, he, he ends up destroying the mobile dolls. And he, like, tells everyone to retract the order to kill Tubarov. And he's like, you know, in the future, think about humans. You know, it's like, don't rely yeah. only on the mobile doll AI. Like, you have soldiers on the battlefield. Remember that. Um, yeah. And, and he, and he kind of, like, thinks to himself. He, like, wants Zex to return to him from this, like, you know, impossible death scenario. Because he needs his help to prevent Oz from being taken over by worthless people who will run things and make worthless decisions like this. Mm-hmm. They're buddies. That's all.
0: Boyfriend,
2: and they were roommates.
0: And They were roommates.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in space, uh, th- this like alliance remnant base uh, sees Katra's shuttle, uh, and like you know, kotra has been like fucking wounded because again, he was in battle before he uh, went to space, so he's like kind of passed out in there. And they want to end up capturing him. They don't want to kill him because like they're like, hey, this is a Gundam pilot. Like he has skills. We can have him help us fight Oz. So we're let's go out and save him. Yeah, at this point uh,
0: the Alliance members have kind of realized that the Gundams are better off to them alive and also fighting Oz than uh-huh. being destroyed. Um because yeah. they know they stand no fucking chance against Oz, but these Gundams keep fucking winning somehow.
1: Yeah. And before they can um, really make any moves, the uh radar alerts them to five Tauruses on the way, and one of the soldiers is like, We got twenty Leos like they're that are equipped for spaceflight. We'll be we have the numbers advantage. <laughs> and their leader is like, please don't us- underestimate those things.
0: Rightfully mm-hmm. so, these things are monstrous at this point. Yeah, God. Yeah. We yeah. um,
1: uh,
2: we we see we the see, engineers uh, who are like, um, they start trash talking the dull technology. They're you know they're talking to Lady mm-hmm. On about like only fools are going to fight a war without getting their hands dirty. Like this is just perpetuating more violence because like people are just getting depersonalized from these conflict and death that they're causing. Um, Very apt says... Yeah, he even says, like, I'd rather you just kill me than make me work on a mobile doll. Uh, and at this moment, uh, <laughs> Noein gets a Lady says, bet. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. She gets the transmission and then, and that and the then... Alliance are helping the lone pilot and all the engineers are like ha ha see
1: yeah and and she's basically like showing them like a live feed from inside the cockpit of the Taurus as to what's going on where uh, Nickel and one other pilot are commanding three mobile dolls along with the two Taurus suits these guys are actually in and it is a pretty quick face off because the Leos do immediately get like overwhelmed and I think one of the mobile dolls takes out like five Leos and another one is just dodging left and right. Uh, they, I think they clock its speed as going, like, 8 Gs. Like, it is going so fast that its acceleration is equivalent to eight times Earth gravity, and one of the pilots is like, what human could possibly pilot that? Like, it's literally inhuman levels of piloting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 8 Gs. Just showing nice. how fucked up the Tauruses are.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, or Un is like, yeah, just kill him, he doesn't have a Gundam, he's useless to us. Uh, Dr. J asks for the communicator, and he tunes, I I, I don't know what he was going for here, but he tunes it to Hero's frequency, Uh, and this is when we hear Katra's message.
1: I, I think there was supposed to be some sort of, like, secret transmission frequency that Dr. J was using, something along those lines, and Katra, having connected with the other Gundams before, maybe knew what it was, and so he was broadcasting on that line in hopes that Whoever was sending hero mission reports or, like, missions uh, would receive it, I guess. It's, It's really just kind of a, like, little deus ex machina kind of thing. But Dr. J hears Katra's message and chooses to actually submit to Lady Un as long as they keep the pilot alive, which would be Katra. Uh, While that's happening, though, the remainder of the Alliance from this little outpost uh, managed to intercept Katra. They actually get on board the shuttle. And um, we do see the shuttle like kind of blast the last Leo that was attached to it away. And the shuttle takes off and the Tauruses immediately fire. Like they just instantly nickel is like like fire on that. That's where the Gundam pilot is. Destroy that. And it turns out it was bait. It was bait. (laughs) Because we see
2: Katra is, like, in, like, a trashed space Leo's cockpit. Totally fine. The Alliance mm-hmm. guy is dead. So I'm I'm curious yep. if, like, I, I don't know. It makes me wonder because, like, okay, either it would make sense if the engineers didn't know that they didn't, that they fired on the shuttle. Like, they cut the communication right there and there, and they still help Oz work on new mobile suits. Or they see that Katra, you know, flew the shuttle and got killed, and they're like, okay, well, kill us because Katra's dead, so what's the point? So I'm yeah. It was a strange a choice. choice. Kind of a it was hole. absolutely
0: <laughs> odd because it goes against the things that they just agreed to. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I'm assuming the latter in my head
2: to make it make sense to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it too much.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. It's just Gundam.
1: Uh, it's just Gundam.
2: Um. Back on Zex's ship, we learned that the Tall Geese is kind of like fully repaired by now. Uh, Oz is nearby. The ship's going to get sunk, all according to uh, Keikaku. And Zex gets in and he's like, let's get going, Tall Geese. Uh, we see all of the mobile suits deploy. We see the Aries and the Cancer. The Cancers are, like, green now, which is cool. I like this look for them. It's a nice color. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like not the, the typical red. I like red. the red
0: the most. It's just, it feels right because they're The boiled crabs. crab
1: look. The, the red is a little more iconic. It does make more sense.
0: <laughs> green is also good. I will say but, that. I mean, but, yeah, yeah, the red just is, it's snappy. Crabs,
1: crabs don't turn orange until you cook them. So Yeah, it's, it's the boiled crab look. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they decided to go for something that would actually suit like aquatic operations. That is also fair. A There's Who a bit knows? more
0: camouflage when you match <laughs> the ocean,
1: right? The red ones are really easy to spot. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: but Zex is like, uh, "You're, I'm going to prove that you underestimated the value of my life," and he's he's just going off here. He's just killing as many suits as he possibly can. Eventually, he gets hit by just, like, a trillion missiles and gets downed into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, gets, starts
1: he gets grabbed, here. specifically. There's an Aries that grabs onto uh, the verniers on his back, and another Aries that latches onto his front. And then he just gets hit by, like, a thousand missiles and falls into the water and immediately gets torpedoed by a cancer. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh, and, and, like... And while he's getting bombarded underwater, he says some very personal stuff.
2: Oh, he sure uh, does. I think
1: the... The entire line is Trey's stop following me around or else I'll want to fulfill your radical hopes. This friendship of the past will only last until my mask break. Uh until my mask breaks, which he says as his mask starts to Yeah, crush. so good. and eventually God. does shatter. It shatters. It's so good. It's I fucking love to
2: see this I mean you can argue it's he's not his ex anymore. This is when he becomes Miliardo again. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, like, that's exactly no why I
1: liked the line of Trey's saying earlier, if you die, you'd be free. Farewell, Zex Marquis.
0: Yep. Ah, really, good. really good.
1: Really, narrative really good narrative through line. Like, what the um, fuck? <laughs> I, I love it. Um,
2: and then we get, like, the most unhinged narration I've heard in this show yet. It's like, <laughs> yeah. essentially, the the entire remainder of the episode is hero... Hero talking as we see, like, what all the other Gundam pilots are up to. You know, we see Katra's, like, fucking passed out. Wufei is like, f- you know, spinning around in zero-G in the is just
1: flo- floating around in zero-G. Troa is like, looking up. Troa's, mm-hmm. like, hacking a computer. And Duo's just, like, floating out in an asteroid field. It's a lot.
2: Um, But Hero's narrating. He's like, ah, oh, the space colonies are merely a false imitation of Earth. They're made to enrich Earth itself uh everyone will eventually want
0: to go back to earth
2: yeah Mm -hmm. the idea is like colony life is so much more stable than earth so we can sort of guarantee mankind's eternal survival um and then he's like you know but what did the colony technology bring to earth it's all military power and like even now thanks to oz the colonies are becoming military powers and like they want to control the planet now and mankind only thinks of itself war never changes this is false pacifism false living space all outer space can do now is just breed more <laughs> battlegrounds, and this is yeah. what he's saying
1: to fucking introduce himself to his new class. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets interrupted by the teacher, who's like, "That's really fucked up and depressing, Duo Maxwell. Uh, why would you choose that topic for your greeting speech to the class?" He's Duo now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he has he has assumed Duo's name, so he is he is uh, repaying Duo who used his name previously. It's very good. These boys share everything, including names.
2: It's nuts. It's so
1: funny. Like,
2: I just... uh,
1: After he gets shut down by the teacher, um, we get a little more narration about, like, how soldiers can only prove their purity on the battlefield and they remain untainted or some weird shit like that. And it's just a shot of the tall geese and... And Zex just face down on a beach. Yeah. He's sleepy. <laughs> Can
0: you take a nap now. He's sleepy. He's
1: neepy. Good night, sweet prince. I gotta say, the, the shot of Zex is really like it is a shot of the tall geese with Zex in front of it. Um, and they're basically in the exact same pose. Yeah. But also, um the beach is like a little sparkly, and when we get a close up of Zex before the 2B continued, there's just sparkles around him. He's a flying he vampire. Like a, he looks like a little magical girl, and I love him. He's he so looks pretty too. And this is the best part about Gundam Wing: is it begs the question of what if Char was sexy?
0: I mean, it's about I time somebody people, asked it.
2: I know a lot of people who would already tell you that Char is sexy, but regardless, look at <laughs> Char episode.
1: from Char's Counterattack, and tell me that at any point Char was sexy because you're wrong. I mean, okay, true. I'm looking specifically at Quattro Regina. That's not Char.
2: Okay, <laughs> fair, fair point. Yeah, it's not Star It's Squatcher, but you didn't choose that for people, of course. Um,
0: <laughs> Don't get it twisted, right. Max.
2: Don't get it twisted. Uh, hey, how about some voice acting time now?
0: It's time.
2: Hell yes. Please. Is, let's do Beyond Tune World.
0: You're going to love
2: this. Trust me. Beyond Tune World. Uh, I was looking at behindthevoiceactors.com my favorite website and I was I was looking to do Lady on but like there's not a whole lot we'll get to her eventually. Um I want to talk to you all about Minoru Inaba who is the voice actor of Dr. J. Ooh. Okay. Uh he was born November 8th in Shizuoka, Japan. He's been active since 1980. He's so he's been at it for a while and I'm going to kind of save like some of the really big hitter roles for last because for boy, sure howdy. <laughs> Uh, So starting in the 80s, we have a lot of like pretty pivotal, iconic capstone space sci-fi animes. Mm -hmm. He was in Ideon as Leclan. He was in Astro Boy as Alvin's dad, whatever. Uh, He was in Macross in 1982 as several characters, Oigel, Lin, and Maestroff. He was in Photoms in 83 as just some soldiers, some background voices. Um, In The Transformers, the original TV show, 1985, he was Jazz, Cyclonus, Brawn, and Swerve. Uh, okay. I fuck yeah. I sent that list to Audrey, uh, and she was like,
1: "Hello!" So
2: big deal. I know jazz uh, is a really important one.
1: Quick, quick question yeah. for you, Max. Uh, I I and don't think I've heard Doctor J's voice in the uh, dub or the the subtitles rather. Uh, what is what does he sound like? Does he just kind of sound like a normal guy, or does he, he sound fucked sounds up like, like he does a in the normal dub? guy? God, of course he does. He's got such I a mean, that's, like that's a specific
0: voice in the dub.
1: Yeah. His voice
2: is I, I so think, like, honestly, weird and grating. I, I think it's more our conflation of making him sound like Harley Quinn. <laughs> At least for That's me, fair. that makes me think he'd have a special voice. But no, he's just a regular guy for for the sub. Um, huh. Let's see. In 1985, Blue Comet SBT Lasner. He was like 20 different roles. Just like a big one there. Uh, he was the colonel in the original Dirty Pair, 1987. I'm um, skipping that role. Uh, 1989, Gundam 00, he was Charlie. So... There's a Gundam right there. Hey, 1992, Yu Yu Hakusho, he was Mr. Iwamoto. Is oh, that a recognizable hey, nice. character at all? Uh, sort of. Okay. Recognizable <laughs> enough. Um, In 93, yeah. he was a couple of G Gundam roles, but most notably, he was Jack of Diamonds, one of the Shuffle Alliance. Very
1: good.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Um, Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, that
2: guy... The French one, I think.
0: I'm actually gonna pull this up so I can follow along. Okay, but
2: don't mention the ones I'm skipping because they're really important.
0: <laughs> oh, I guess that that would kind of spoil myself for it. Okay.
2: Yeah, no, trust me, you're gonna, want, you're gonna wanna want <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You're gonna wanna hear it. Fair uh, enough.
0: 1996.
2: Yeah, I definitely Mighty learned that Power lesson. Rangers. On. Yeah. He was fucking Zordon. Oh. You know oh, fucking. Yeah. He was Zordon. Um he was in like a lot of different Slayers animes. There's a lot of different roles. I only really barely remember Slayers watching it, like, on Cartoon Network at night when I was a kid. Um, in 1999, Star Wars Episode I, the Japanese dub, he was Fode and Beat, who are, like, the two-headed pod racer commentator.
0: Okay. Interesting. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> yeah, kind of a weird one there. Uh, in 1999, everyone's been in One Piece. Uh, I don't know if these are big roles or not, but he was Naguri, Neptune, and Manji. Again, and I uh, don't One Piece is a thousand episodes, so... Yeah, that could be... A lot yeah. of characters, that.
0: Literally anybody to me.
2: In 2001, <laughs> he was the fucking Magic Mirror in the Shrek
0: dub. Jesus Christ. Yep.
2: Huh? Um, In 2002's Gundam Seed, he was William Sutherland. That's something right there. It is. In could the Japanese dub yeah. of Jungle Book 2, in 2003, he was Bagheera, the black uh, leopard? Jaguar? Oh, the panther. Leopard, I think. <laughs> Panther, that's what it Got there
0: in the three.
2: Yeah. yeah, we did it. Uh, there you go. In the 2003 dub of Fighting Nemo, he was the dentist. Uh, I guess P. Sherman.
0: Interesting roles.
2: In the 2006 dub of Cars, no. he was Jay Limo. No,
0: no. bad, stop, awful. <laughs> no,
2: dude. In, in 2009's Madagascar 2 dub, he was the fucking lion. He was Ben Stiller. <laughs> no. Not the first one, though.
1: <laughs> they in, just recast him
2: i guess uh in 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 all the presser leighton games he was don Paolo, who's like the fucking moriarty to to leighton i suppose
0: Goodness.
2: um okay it's count brocken in mazinger z uh some more modern stuff in star wars rebels he was zeb aurelios who was the oh fuck what's the species the weird bat looking alien that was in like the main cast of that show he's oh. cool um I in 2015 but yeah yeah in 2015's Arkham Knight, he was Alfred Pennyworth. Okay. Um, Jules, did you ever watch the Puzzle and Dragon anime?
0: I did not. Mostly because okay. it's not it, good.
2: Yeah, sure, 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 sure. In the 2016 <laughs> Puzzle and Dragon anime, he was Vahatan, whatever. Um, okay. In My Hero Academia, he was Dr. Kyudai Garaki, and he was that in the movie as well, so I can only assume he's a decently important character. Um, he was Noma in 2017's Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valencia. Uh, in 2019's remake of Mewtwo Strikes Back, he was Dr. Fuji. Um, oh. Here's the big fucking ones, though. You might have noticed he was in a lot of, like, Disney and Pixar dubs. And that's because in 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 the their, their, their respective animated shows uh, and more relevant Kingdom Hearts, <coughs> he's Dale. No. Mm-hmm. Of, of Chippendale. And he's Buzz Lightyear. Oh.
0: Jesus fucking Christ.
2: <laughs> and oh here's God. the fucking KO punch right here. <laughs> In the Japanese dub of The Simpsons, he's Moe and Ned Flanders.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's Dr. J. Fuck?
1: Damn, an illustrious career. I
2: stumbled upon this fucking
1: treasure trove of a role. Seriously. Oh <laughs>
0: He also apparently plays the like child detection officers from Monsters Inc. World. The like oh tremendous good, (laughs) cool stuff. What the fuck? Yeah.
2: So thank you for your service, Manura Inaba. Holy shit.
0: God, now I just (laughs) want to play Kingdom Hearts again. When does fucking? We didn't get a release date. God damn it.
2: Uh, well, that's okay. Just put it off for a day and download Sora. Yeah, I was going to say, as exactly. of tomorrow, when we're recording, Sora will be out. So you'll get hell your yeah, fix somehow. Hell yeah, hell
0: yeah. My boy. That funny little my guy. My big old shoes.
2: Big it's old fine. gorsh. Wow, my voice got really <laughs> fucking high there. That was embarrassing let's end the podcast you have the power <laughs> to edit it out but now that you've talked about but you're it you're not much, gonna though no that's the problem that's my that's my fuck up every single time i say something embarrassing and instead of like glossing by it i'm like hey look at this thing i did oh, everyone. this
0: thing i did for five yeah, minutes I think,
1: yeah no i think the thing is you podcast with the people who will be like typo in the group chat get his ass
2: exactly this yeah this motherfucker like- said spoop <laughs> If I don't end, if I don't own up to not remembering that Sicily is an island, like I know someone else will do it for oh, me, so I might as well get
1: it out of the way myself. <laughs> I had already forgotten about that. <laughs> I mean, there's in, a fucking in the podcast early...
0: description, which is really good. <laughs> in
1: the
2: in one of the early Pot of Greed episodes, uh, I didn't know how to pronounce tarot, because, again, raised Catholic. So I called it Territ, oh, and Max. that was the episode title oh, because yeah. everyone completely dogpiled my ass for it. That's good, <laughs> uh? So the point is, find friends Find friends who will own your ass is, is my best advice. Oh, yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs>
1: dumbass, lovingly. But, hey, <laughs>
2: yeah. D- dumbass affectionate. Uh, that'll do it for us, though.
1: Um, let's do Plugs i'll go first if that's all right uh my name yeah. is jared or Jay. uh like i said he and them pronouns are fine for me you can find me on twitter at pagliacci proto j uh it is sounded out like it you know it, pagliacci proto j it's pretty straightforward um if you're looking for someone to do voice work on something I can do characters and I can also just do straight reads. I am literally a radio announcer. So uh, if, if you need a voice on something, uh, let me know. Uh, you can also find me on our lovely Discord server, which I will let someone else talk about.
0: <laughs> uh, I've been Julia. You can find me mostly on Twitter at the crown jewels, J-U-L-E-S with two underscores at the end. Um, I'm mostly posting pictures of myself and my cats. It's pretty cool. Um, like Jay was saying, we have our Discord for the podcast, Wow Cool Discord. Uh, that's linked in the episode descriptions as well as in the Twitter account, Wow Cool Podcast, I believe.
2: That's right. Got it. Wong. And I'm Max. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Um You can go to slappersonlypod.com or slappersonlypod on Twitter to listen to my video game music showdown podcast. Um, by the time this episode comes out, we should have recorded our next episode on Splatoon 2, Squid Game. Um and my other show is called Pot of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, sponsored by Kaiba Corp. Um, we are like right at the end of season two. I think we have two episodes left, so like we'll have recorded our penultimate season episode. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Uh Pot of Greedcast on Twitter for that. Jules already did all the show plugs. Uh So I think the only thing left to do in this episode is for one of you to ask me the nice question.
0: Max, what's the robot of the week? Hey, (coughs) Max.
2: My robot of the week is... I got
0: excited. I'm sorry.
2: It's good. No, it's good. Uh, My robot of the week is Omega uh, from Final Fantasy He's this fucking stinker shithead robot who is always <laughs> way more powerful than he should be. He looks like a bean on legs, kind of. He's really weird. He's very, like, orbular but with these weird, freaky, like, bio-organic-looking spider legs a little bit with, like, big old stompers oh, on I the bottom. I don't like him. He's cool, but he's weird. And he was been in, he's been in since the very first Final Fantasy. You had, like, a chance to find him on, like, the satellite where you fight Tiamat, the air fortress. Um, I think most recently he was even in Final Fantasy fifteen. As, like, the end game ultra hard boss of the Royal Edition, where you fight him in, like, the the future or whatever, and he's just, like, level 120 completely fucks you up if you're not prepared.
0: Isn't he also? Uh, like, he's always Did he get a humanoid form in that one?
2: Um, Not that I know. I could be wrong. I mean, I, have, I don't think I have. I have not gotten that far in Final
1: Fantasy 15.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not story related. He just shows up and is like, Oh, yeah. fucking fight you and it hurts. He's like a super boss. Uh, he's right? a cool guy, though.
0: I just posted it. Yeah, he, he, he's always a chat. super boss. Yeah. That's apparently um, I don't know if those are. I, I see Omega, but I don't know who these idiots are. So
2: I see concept art of Omega M and I guess F- like they maybe yeah, maybe they plan to have him. P well, well, the, I haven't those seen are that.
0: on the figurine that I just I just posted in the discord. Okay, chat. Maybe it's um, yeah.
2: it must be part of the raid of Omega then or they're just like, hey, everyone loves this why? Wait, hold on. We love this weird <laughs> robot. Uh, Omega, you don't gotta... Omega, you don't gotta conform to the gender binary like that.
0: I know. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of suspect.
2: You don't need to have an M and an F. You can be whatever you want, Omega. Live your truth. They look like um, near characters.
0: They do. They That's f- what I thought it lot was at like first. They like near
2: characters, don't they?
0: That's why <sighs> I was really confused. Yeah, right? Uh
2: Regardless, though, that will do it for us. Thank you all for tuning in to one wonderful episode of Wow Cool Robot. And as we always, I stumbled over that, got over that one really well. As we always say, war is bad. Wow.
0: Cool robot.
2: We did it.
0: (laughs) One more down.